James chapter 4. Boy, that song just is so refreshing, isn't it? I don't know about you, but I could I could have sat here all afternoon. How many of y'all could just sit in this all afternoon? I mean, when God's here, you don't want to leave. Now, when He leaves, I want to go to the house and eat a grilled cheese and some chili. Amen? Isn't that right? And I don't want to be just sitting here if He ain't here. And, uh, and I'm glad, I'll say this, just let it be what it is. And just like Brother Laddie testified, it's a different service than it was this morning. But uh, I know sometimes as a preacher, you encourage your, our, our responsibilities to encourage people to worship. And you got to lead people into worship. But I always want it to be real, don't you? Amen. Real good or real dead, let it be real. Amen. I don't like real dead, do you? But uh, I'm glad we don't have to pump it and prime it. And, uh, and make, we can't make it happen, can we? It's only when God steps in a service. It comes alive, amen, and he has blessed us this this day, and I praise him for that. It's worth everything. I want to read one verse, uh, James chapter number 4, if you're able to stand. We'll just reverence the Word of God. Read this one verse, verse number 10. I know it's a familiar text. We've preached from this chapter many times, but I pray the Lord will make this real to us tonight. Verse number 10. The Bible said, Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Father... I ask you to take this one verse and speak to us and speak through us. And Lord, I know that, God, that I certainly do not live up to this subject of humility. God, help us to help me, Lord, to have more humility in my life. God, I pray that you'll bless us now, touch the preaching these next few moments. May you get the glory and the honor. We want to thank you for how you've met with us today, how you've blessed your people how you've made your presence known amongst us. God, I pray that you'll do it one more time now. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. You can be seated. You know, when you think about the subject of this verse, it's a very plain, a very practical, and it's a very powerful subject. Uh, humility is for all, isn't it? It doesn't matter our age, our authority, or our ability in life. The Bible gives us a command, no matter from the greatest to the least, uh, we're to humble ourselves. And in this text, I was this afternoon looking through some things, wasn't planning on preaching from uh, this passage of Scripture, but this verse, just uh, the Lord just hung it in my heart this afternoon and began to speak in my own life about uh, the subject of humility. I, we don't hear a lot of preaching on humility, but if there's ever been a time that we need preaching on humility, it's the time that we're living in. Amen. Uh, the Bible says that we're to be clothed with humility. Amen. And uh, so it's a responsibility. And there's three things here that I want you to see. Uh, in verse number 10, I'll give you these three things and be done. Be just a short message tonight, but I pray that God will use it uh, to speak their heart. First of all, I do want you to see uh, the responsibility. The Bible says in verse number 10, humble yourselves. Amen. Humble yourselves. Isn't it interesting that God places the responsibility of humility upon us. Amen. Uh, we are to humble ourselves. Now God uh, certainly knows how to humble us, but he would much rather uh, you and I just humble ourselves. If God has to take the initiative in our life and if God has to uh, choose to humble us and God knows how to do that, it can be a very painful process uh, in our life. It can be a very crippling uh, process in our life. And I think we could all testify that there has been times when God has humbled us and some 
on more severe times than other times in her life, but it is always a very uh, uh, humbling, a very uh, humiliating process when God does that. But the Bible gives the responsibility of humility to the individual, to the believer, uh, not to God. A uh, God would whole, whole lot rather you and I humble ourselves uh, rather than him have to do the humbling. And when I think about the responsibility, uh, how that we're to take the initiative, how are we to humble ourselves? I mean, how do we go through that? Uh, because the Lord does not want us to have false humility. I mean, it's one thing to stand up and act humble uh, and to per, uh, pretend that you're humble, but, but God wants humility to be uh, real in our life. And so how do you and I uh, humble ourselves? Well, the Bible tells us here in verse number 7 that we can humble ourselves by submitting ourselves. The Bible says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. When we submit ourselves, uh, truly submit ourselves to God, that is a form of humility. And if you and I want to stay humble, then we have to stay submissive in our life. Amen? That means when the Holy Spirit deals with us about something in our life, uh, whether it be something that needs to be taken out of our life or something that needs to be put in our life uh, or God is calling us to some uh, act of service in our life, uh, uh, then we ought to submit to whatever His Word or His will is. So you say, preacher, how do you humble yourself? Submit uh, yourself to God. Resist the devil. Amen. If you want to live a humble life, uh, learn to tell the devil no early on. Amen. Don't take what he says. Don't take what he puts before you and ponder or think about it. But when you know there's a temptation in your life or you know that there's something that the devil has put in your path, instantly uh, deal with it with that by resisting him and telling him no. And then if you want, you and I want to live a humble life, the responsibility of humbling ourselves is to draw nigh to God and God will draw nigh to us. You see, when we live in the presence of the Lord, when we have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, it gives us the attitude of humility. If you and I are not going to live a humble life, then that fellowship is going to be broken. Uh, the Bible said God resisteth the proud, but He giveth grace unto the humble. You know that pride and grace never dwell in the same place. And so uh, whenever we allow pride into our heart or pride into our life, uh, uh, then automatically our fellowship is broken with God. That relationship is not broken. We're still saved. We're still on our way to heaven. Uh, but we don't have that sweet communion uh, with God that we once had. There's a wall, a barrier that's standing between us and him. Why? Because the Lord will not bless pride. Isn't that right? And so uh, you say, well, preacher, I want to humble myself. How do I do that? Live in the presence of God. Have a personal relationship. Uh, read the Bible. Pray. Spend time with the Lord. And, and let God work in your life. Uh, it'll keep you in the right focus, in the right perspective. It'll keep our attitude in check. It will keep our heart in check. Uh, it'll keep us in the right frame of mind. He said, if you want to live a humble life, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and then have a, relay, a fellowship uh, uh, that's real between you and the Lord, drawn out of God, and there's a promise, God will draw out of you. If you want to live a humble life, the responsibility of that is to cleanse ourselves. Look what he said in verse number 8. He said, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You see, we have a responsibility to cleanse ourselves every day. In the Word of God, the washing of the Word of God, reading the Bible cleanses the mind. Can I get a witness on that? If you'll read the Bible, you know what it do? It'll help you live a holy life. Amen. 
David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The purpose of memorizing the word of God is that it might lodge in our heart. Amen? But it'll be, if it ever lodges in your heart, and thank God it'll strengthen the mind. Amen? It'll help you to overcome the devil. Amen? Because uh, it's not just the head knowledge, but it'll be in that heart. Amen? Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. It'll help you to live a humble life. Uh, the Holy Spirit will bring those scriptures to you, to your remembrance. I, I'll tell you a good way to memorize scripture. I heard someone say this years ago and it was a, a great blessing is just take a subject and memorize 10 verses on that subject and then memorize 10 more verses on another subject. And if you don't use it, you'll lose it. Amen? And so what that means is, is that when you memorize it, uh, you need to go back through it and just say it every day. Uh, say 10 verses on, on this subject. So, uh, quote 10 verses on that subject. Amen? We don't do that to impress nobody. Can I get a witness? Amen? But I'll tell you what it'll do. It'll make an impression in your heart and in your life uh, and it'll help you uh, because whenever you need a verse of Scripture, the Holy Spirit will bring that Word of God back to your heart in that hour of need. Amen? I'm talking about the responsibility of humility is cleanse our hands. Amen? That, uh, the hand speaks about the work. Amen? Uh, listen, get things out of your life that, that don't need to be there. Things that build pride. Things that, uh, things that, that rob you of your fellowship and walk with God. And then cleanse your heart. That's those inward things that, uh, that may be in our heart that we sometimes have a tendency not to deal with. Hey, they'll build pride in our life. Amen? Jealousy will build pride in your heart. Amen? Uh, listen, uh, uh, listen, a bitter spirit, a bad attitude, a never saying you're sorry will build pride in your life. It'll keep humility uh, from coming in. I'm talking about a lot of things that we can let linger in our soul can cause us to live a prideful life. We think sometimes, and I say we because the flesh is the flesh, no matter who it is, from the pulpit to the pew. We think sometimes that as long as we're not like the Pharisee coming in and announcing all the things that we're doing, then we, don't have, we probably don't have pride in our life. But the truth of the matter is pride is that independent spirit that I can do this within myself. And I don't know about you, but that flesh, that, it'll rise up in me sometimes. That, oh, I can do this. I can take care of this. Uh, I, I can handle this on my own. But you and I know ourselves that we need God. Amen. When Brother Laddie was standing up testifying a while ago, he didn't know what I was going to preach on. But I, I thought to myself, and I don't want to embarrass him, but I think that's a good example of a humble spirit. Amen. I'm just standing up and testifying and saying, after all these years of serving God, I still need him in my life. I still appreciate him in my life. Amen. I'm talking about a thankful spirit, a thankful attitude will produce humility in our life. The responsibility is up to us. If we don't do anything out of practice humility, guess what? It'll not be there in our life. Humility is an attitude of the heart, an attitude of the mind, the spirit. Humility conquers self-sufficiency, stubbornness. I'm sure nobody here tonight has to deal with stubbornness. But it is in all them other churches. Amen. A stubborn spirit. Uh, listen, let me just stop and say, never encourage stubbornness in the life of your children. Don't brag on them for having bad character traits. Amen. Don't, don't, uh, listen, don't give them nicknames. Don't, don't, don't give them things that, that produces, uh, things of, uh, that are not spiritual. In other words, don't, don't brag about their pride. Don't brag about their, their spirituality. Don't, you know what you're doing when you do that? You're just feeding that. You're just pouring miracle grow on that. Listen, if they got a stubborn spirit, don't brag on them. Pray for them. Amen. If they've got a strong will, don't say much to them about that. Don't say, well, you know, they got a strong will. You know what you're doing? You're enhancing that in their life. 
get in a closet somewhere alone with God and say, Lord, break their will. That little two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old, that strong will, if you don't take that seriously, parents, you know what will happen? It will grow the older they get. That stubbornness, one day the Holy Ghost will deal with their heart and it will be so easy for them to say no. You cultivate the type of spirits you want in the life of your children. I don't know why I'm preaching that, but I feel like I ought to. Cultivate humility. Cultivate brokenness. Cultivate tenderness. Now, you can't just preach it to them. they got to see it in your own life. Amen? Uh, you can't just say, well, you need to be humble. You need to be tender. No, the best way to, to, to work that in their life is to see them see it for them to see it illustrated in your life. If they see tenderness, if they see brokenness, if they see compassion in your life, guess what? It'll work in their heart. Amen? But if they see that stubbornness, if they see that, that those are seeds that can be sown. I, I want to move home, but I I just want to simply say this. Uh, being clothed with humility not only will help your life, but it will help your home. Amen. Talking about the responsibility of humility. Then the reality of humility. Notice what he said in verse number 10. Humble yourself, notice this, in the sight of the Lord. That's real humility. Real humility is not what we portray in the sight of men, and we ought to. But real humility is seen in the sight of the Lord. In the sight of the Lord means how God views humility. You see, it wouldn't matter this morning or this evening if everybody in this church house uh, walked away and said, Boy, Brother Gravely, and I know you're not going to do that, but I'm saying if everybody walked away and said, Well, Brother Gravely is a humble person, but the Holy Ghost knows if I'm a humble person. I think it does matter for testimony's sake that, that we have, we live an example of humility in our life. But I want to tell you, right, when you get down to the brass tacks of this thing, the Holy Ghost knows what's real about me and what not, what's not real about me. And can I be real, real transparent with you for just a moment? I need the Holy Spirit in that, in that place of prayer and in the Word of God. I need Him to open my eyes and let me see uh, this old wicked flesh for how it really is. Uh, because sometimes you'll start rolling through life and think that you're okay and you'll go somewhere and you'll get in a place to start praying about something the Holy Ghost will say something like this hey let me talk to you about something right here or he'll take a verse of scripture right in the middle of your prayer list uh, and he'll put it on your heart and say hey I want you to think about this right here I saw this in your life and you, you need to conquer this in your life I mean the flesh don't like to talk about that but it's reality amen it's real in all of our life uh, and the problem is uh, is that you and I deal with problems in but I want to be real. Don't you want to be real? I want to be real and I want to be right. Amen. And I'll tell you why I want to be real and why I want to be right. Because I want to be ready when the Lord comes. Amen. I mean, I'm ready in salvation. I'm ready to go to heaven. Amen. But I don't want to just get there. Amen. I tell you, I want to, when it comes back, I want things to be right in my life by the grace of God. I want in my heart to be right. Don't you? I want to be where I'm supposed to be with the Lord. Amen. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to pastor a church and, and be not what I'm supposed to be. I'm not telling you I'm everything I ought to be tonight. By no means am I saying that. I'm simply saying I want to be real. I want to be real, don't you? And I'll tell you the truth of the matter is the way to be real is to be humble. We need more humility in the pulpit. I've, there's been times when I would preach something and, you know, the flesh just has a way of getting in. If you preach or you teach or you you do anything, you just talk. 
I mean, hey, you know what? Wouldn't it be better if we just zip our lip from here to the graveyard? It'd be less to give an account for, wouldn't it? Amen. I mean, just, I mean, you think about it. Before you, before you rattle something off this week, think about one thought. It haunts me. Think about your age right now. And think about how much you have to give an account for to this point today. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 36, Every idle word that man shall speak, he shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. That's probably also every idle word that we text and type. Amen. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Think about it. We're going to give an account to God for that. That's a... That's something I don't even like to think about. The Bible said in Proverbs 13 and verse 13, He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. But he that openeth, or he that keepeth his lips keepeth his life. He that openeth wide his mouth shall have destruction. The tongue is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Who can tame it? The Word of God says. When you think about it, it humbles us, doesn't it? The reality of humility is seen not in the presence of people near as much as what it is seen in the presence of God. Uh, when you and I pray, and I don't think there's anything wrong with this, but there are things that I would say to God personally that I wouldn't say publicly. Isn't that right? And I think that is correct. There's things that I would say to my wife that I wouldn't say publicly and, and vice versa. Uh, but you know what? It's more intimate in prayer when it's just you and God. But the truth of the matter is when we get alone with God, uh, listen, we're... We're, we let everything go because we realize that there's nobody else around and we can just simply speak from our heart everything that we want to say to Him. Not that we don't speak from our heart publicly, but we're aware that there's other people around. And what I want to say about that is the reality of, of humility is how God Himself views us when we're in His presence. What does God think about us tonight? The reality of humility the responsibility of humility, and then the reward of humility. Look what he said in verse number 10. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. First Peter chapter 5 nearly says the same thing. It says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time, due season. The Lord will lift us up if we'll humble ourselves. If we'll stay low, the Lord will take us high. Amen. Uh, listen, not the Bible said if a man think of himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. The flesh is so deception, deceptive that it can make you and I think that we're something. And if we listen to that long enough, we'll start believing that. But the truth of the matter is we're nothing tonight. Jesus said in John chapter 15, without me, you can do nothing. I couldn't even get out of the bed this morning morning. Had the Lord not helped me. Amen. I couldn't have put my clothes on. Had the Lord not helped me. My mind would not operate, would not think. Had it, was it, would it not be for the Lord? My lips, my, my tongue would not speak uh, had it not been for God. When you start thinking on that level, we realize how much we really do need God. Amen. I mean, our legs, our arms would not work uh, if it was not the Lord giving us our mobility. I'm talking about God. Uh, we need Him every hour, every moment, every second of every day. Uh, God 
God don't need us. He don't need me and he sure don't need this church. But I tell you what, he need, we need him, don't we? I sure need the Lord. I need him in my life. I know that I'm nothing. I know where I ought to be at. I know that God could have got along just fine without me. But I'm glad I'm here tonight. Amen. I'm glad I can raise my hand with the redeemed. It's just good to be saved. Amen. Just to say you're saved. I mean, if God never let me do nothing else, if I could just go to church and be amongst the saved and be able to raise my hand and say I'm born again, that's worth it all. Amen. I'm telling you to know you're born again is worth everything tonight. I'm telling you, it ought to bring us to our knees. Oftentimes preaching, it's like this. Oh, not oftentimes, all the time. You never preach a sermon that what it's not staring you right in the face while you're preaching it. I mean tonight, as I think about the reward of humility, young people hear me, but I would say it to adults as well. God really will bless the humble, just like He said He would. The proud, the Bible says, he knoweth the far off. The Lord, the Bible said, he's nigh unto them that have broken in a contrite spirit. You want your prayers answered? Just be humble. I'm telling you, don't think for one second that God answers prayer because of man. God answers prayer because of mercy. God don't answer prayer because I'm a good person. He answers prayer because He's a good God. God answers prayer because He's full of grace and He's long-suffering. I'm telling you, if God answered any prayer in my life because of something that I had done to, to make Him happy, He'd never answer prayer. You say, Lord, uh, do you not make the Lord happy? Well, I'm sure at the best of my ability, I try to obey God, but I've never prayed a prayer that I felt like God answered it because I measured up to anything or qualified for God to answer a prayer. He don't answer prayer based on our qualifications. He answers prayer based on His Son and the blood that's on the mercy seat and the open door and the promise that He made through the Lord Jesus Christ. And when I come in His presence, I don't have anything that I can claim. I don't have no service. I don't have no title. I don't have no works to claim. But I just claim the blood. I just claim in Jesus' name. I just claim the grace of God. I just have to come crawling all the time like everybody else and say, God, I just need You. And if if you don't help me, it'll not get done. I'm talking about if we can get humble, God will bless us in our prayer life. Amen. He'll bless our worship when we're humble. Worship tonight, real worship. Worship is inward, praise is outward. I like them both, don't you? Praise is the result of worship. It's the overflow of worship. It starts in here, doesn't it? And it just comes out sometimes. That's why I couldn't ever be a Episcopalian. I'll be honest with you. I probably could be quiet in some of their songs and services. But I'm telling you, I don't want to be quiet. And you don't have to act like me. I, if you, I mean, some people's just quiet by nature. I understand that. But I, I, I'm not. I mean, I, I want to worship. I mean, and we all, I mean, people worship in their heart. I understand. I don't want to, you know, I've never felt comfortable. When preachers pick on people because they don't worship the way other people worship. Now, I may hit a snag, but I'm going to just run over it. 
I mean, hey, if I go to a ball game, I'm not. If I got a hot dog in one hand and a uh, listen, I got to drink in the other hand, and my team scores a touchdown, it's all going everywhere. Amen. I'll get forgiveness afterwards. If my wife goes to a ball game and her team won in the final second, she's not throwing nothing. I'm throwing stuff for her. Amen. Everybody's got a different way about them. But I'll tell you, just like she stood up and testified this morning, it helped my soul. Amen. Because I know her life at home. I know every morning she's going to read her Bible and pray. And that means something. I want to say this morning, or this evening, worship, it comes, comes from within. But it'll overflow you sometimes, won't it? Worship will get a hold of you. But I'll tell you what real worship is tonight. Real worship is simply this. It's us seeing God for who He really is and us seeing ourselves for who we really are. That's why when they sing that song, He's all I need. Doesn't it make you really take a good look at who He really is? Doesn't it make you take a good look at who we really are? He don't need me, but I sure need Him. He could get by without me, but I couldn't get by without Him. I'm telling you, when they sing them songs, uh, uh, there's a miracle. The greatest of all miracles is when Jesus saved me. He lets me see God for who He really is. Uh, he didn't have to come by our way. He didn't have to save my soul. He didn't have to save your soul. He didn't even have to let us be born. He sure didn't have to let us be born in America. He didn't have to let us hear the gospel. He didn't let us have to uh, come to the saving knowledge. He didn't have to do those things. Uh, he'd have still been God and we could have went to hell. Uh, I'll tell you, he came by our way. I've never seen the blind eyes open. I've never seen the crippled walk in the days of Christ. I'll tell you one thing. I was there, thank God, the day he saved my soul. And I was there when that happened. And listen, the greatest of all miracles is the day that he rescued me from hell. I say, bless his name. Wasn't that a good day in your life? Wasn't it a glad day in your life? Wasn't it a blessed day in your life when the sweet Holy Ghost came to where you was and he rescued you hallelujah wasn't that a precious day like Miss Sheila said this morning there wasn't no great fireworks there wasn't no great announcement probably down here when you got saved how old was you seven years old there wasn't no great announcement down here but I promise you this there was a great announcement up there amen I'm telling you, there was an announcement that went from the throne of grace all the way through the glory world. Amen. I'm telling you, when a child gets saved, listen, don't, young person, don't magnify the experience. Magnify the God of the experience. Amen. You don't have to feel, listen, if you felt goosebumps, hallelujah. But you don't have to feel goosebumps to be saved. If you cried a river of tears, I say hallelujah. But you don't have to cry a river of tears to get saved. Listen, if you shouted all over the church house, hallelujah. But you don't have to shout a bit to get saved. What you have to do is repent of your sins. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and trust Him as your Savior. And if you did that, that's good enough to go to heaven on. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, it's still real. Amen. And the reward of humility is that He'll lift you up. Never make the terrible mistake, young people, trying to exalt yourself. Let God exalt you. He'll do it when it's necessary. I, I heard Brother Allen say this several years ago. He said it to all of us preachers. 
He said, He said, if you put yourself out there, He said, you'll have to spend the rest of your life trying to keep yourself out there. He said, but if you let God put you out there in His way and His will, He said, you'll never have to worry about it. He'll keep you. And I'll tell you, don't worry about a lot of things in life. Just wait on God. You know, that's the secret of the Christian life. Stay humble. Wait on the Lord. God will send everything you need right when you need it if you'll just wait on Him. You know, I I was uh, praying about something this morning. Like Brother Laddie, there's something that I, I want the Lord to answer for this church. And I've I said this morning, I said, Lord, if only I knew your will. I don't know your will. If only I knew what your will was, then it would help me to go to know which direction to go. You know, when I said that, the Holy Spirit just said, don't worry about that. You just wait. Just wait. It takes all the pressure off when you know you don't have to perform nothing. Just wait on God. Just humbly wait on the Lord. Humility. The reward is this. If we'll stay humble, God will exalt you. You know, you don't have to fight for that promotion at work. God wants you to have it. He'll give it to you. And it might be the worst thing that ever happened to you. I know American people don't believe this, but making more on the hour could be a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with making. If God's blessed you, hey, I don't care if God blessed you with a million dollars. I'll say more power to you. But I'm going to tell you, there's, more, there's so, so much more to life than making money. I believe in a good education. And I believe young people ought to get a good education. There's so much more to life than a good education and making money. Don't sell your convictions and don't sell your spirituality to make more money on the hour. God gives you a promotion and you can get it. I say go for it. If he opens that door and he said, this is what I want you to do, you do that. But if not, in whatsoever state I'm in, I've learned to be content.